Welcome to Other You, a podcast where we discuss a decision in our lives that may or may not have had a long-lasting impact. We unpack some of the factors behind it and then explore in short story form what the other version of ourselves might have experienced around that time or shortly thereafter. I'm your host, Dee. Let's see where this story takes us. Welcome back to another episode of Other You. I'm your host, Dee. So glad to have you guys here. Today's guest, I'm really excited to share with you, has like over 20 credits in professional acting. Um, also received many much appropriate accolades for his work on Superior Donuts before it was a TV show and has parlayed into recording audiobooks. If you haven't heard or read The Great Gatsby in a long time, go ahead and pick up that featuring my guest today, Preston Tate Jr. And you can hear him reading some beautiful lines. And also, uh, this one should be out by the time this episode goes live, right? Or when do you think Probably, that one will? Um, it's definitely coming out next year for sure. Okay. So yeah. if at the time of this going up, if you see in Audible's uh, um, list of books, Megalodon versus Colossal Snake. Yeah. That is also <laughs> my guy right here. So, <laughs> Welcome to the show, Preston. So glad to have you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, man. Of course, man. Of course. Super happy to. Super happy to. How how are you? How are things? Oh, hang on. My refrigerator is being a dick. Good. Good. Things right. are really good, man. Good. Um, good. Yeah. You know, like, like you mentioned, you know, just getting into this voiceover world, it's, it, it, it feels strange to say, like, you know, like, yeah, this is the perfect time to, to do it, you know, you know, but yeah. like, I've been, you know, trying to find a way for a very long time for many years and yeah this has just now been that moment where now it's like okay like let's really get into this now right and, um i started getting into it and then i made like just literally some weeks time had passed and i got the offer for great gatsby wow like just i'm like wow you're just gonna just throw me out there with the sharks okay right yeah might as well <laughs> Jump in the deep end. That's, oh, that's how to get started, he, right? He <laughs> I was like, I was like, wow, going to uh, going to my friend's birthday party all years ago to see that movie. It, it, it paid off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. So have you now that you're recording audiobooks, have you started to build yourself like an at home recording studio? Because I feel like. It's, it's one of those things that you get addicted to once you start. It's like, oh, I'm recording. Maybe I should just upgrade this or maybe I'll get some sound panels. Ooh, I know. I'll just get, build myself a little shed sort of thing. <laughs> have, have you? Kind of. Kind of. Yeah? Honestly, I just set up like a, a little table and a chair in my closet. And, ah, yeah. And like I got like, you know, the clothes already up there to absorb that sound. Yeah. Um, I got like everything that I can close on the windows and doors and everything. And uh, um, close them up so like the sound comes out like you know real nice you know and that's just before the editing process. Um, right. So definitely very thankful for that. And uh, but as far as like you know like getting like you know the proper upgrades and stuff because I think at first I was just recording from uh, just straight from the uh, my laptop and, mm. and luckily it was coming out fine uh, until you like. Uh, me and you know remember my dad um we uh you know we're doing research on the proper mic to have mm -hmm. this just this world and yeah. um uh, came across the blue yeti and of course and it's a good one 
went in and got that. Yeah, like it's so crazy. Like as soon as I got it, like I can't stop seeing it in commercials and stuff. Oh, like, it's everywhere. Oh, yeah, I'm like this is a big, this is a big thing than I thought. And yeah. um, so I'm like, thank God, God chose this one. Yeah. Um, and so was it was it price was it inflated in price? I don't think so. Like I think no. I think it was like in the low hundreds, maybe. Okay, so it's it had been like ninety nine dollars for years. That okay. was just the price of the Blue Yeti, ninety nine dollars. Gotcha. And then COVID hit, and then the cost of everything just skyrocketed. Interesting. Yeah. So, for example, a lot of people decided to be Twitch streamers or make YouTube videos and yeah. such. And so there's uh, you, you need this thing called a capture card in order to do that. Uh-huh. Right. So the staple capture cards that were like 150 bucks are like shot up to 329. And then, yeah, there was this like super budget one that was like 20 bucks. I want to say it had shot up to over 60, 70 dollars. Wow. Right. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. So I'm just curious. Cause like I had looked at the blue Yeti recently um, and it was a 129. I mean, that's 30 bucks more, but still it's like, it's better than, you know, the 250 I saw back in June. Yeah. At one point. Like, yeah. So I so. do that, uh, um, that had that, uh, um, that medication and shot the price up like, Oh yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Like, deal. Good Lord. And yeah. It's nuts, man. Like, just it's I have, nuts. I have to, yeah, like more, more, like I see it, like I got that. I got a uh, um, uh, the uh, the the filter screen. Um, okay. Uh, filter in front of it. Uh, mm-hmm. What else? And like, but that was mainly it as far as actual equipment, and then uh, mm-hmm. I did do everything on Audacity. Okay. So I've been recording on there, editing on there, and I'm almost like even more, even more prouder of being able to maneuver in that thing yeah <laughs> in my, my work is like how i go about it is um i found that gig uh myself i found okay. it up on uh, acx.com and okay. uh i will go on the site and i will continue i will post up the audio files for each chapter and like anything everything else they want from me um auditions with everything and uh, they will, you know, process it in their in their their site in their database, and they'll let you know um, any sort of uh, audio issues that doesn't meet the requirements. So I kept running into uh, this problem with the uh, uh, with the RB level um, not being uh, what they what they want. So I was like just going all finding all kinds of videos and I'm like, just trying to help me explain, they're trying to help explain to me like exactly and show me, you know, what exactly do I need to do uh, in like the latest news possible? Because most videos were fairly old and with different versions of Audacity. So it wasn't really helping me none. And so I just mm-hmm. crossed one and sorted it out. I'm like, I feel like a freaking genius. And I was like, <laughs> nice. I was like thank you. God and I'm like I'm returning my work like yeah back in school or something but wow. but yeah like that that was like such a big accomplishment like personal victory for me and then yeah. getting some that out um, was another great thing so now nice. it feels you know I I feel like I got that rhythm going now when it mm-hmm. comes to uh, recording editing uh, submitting and good. Uh, I don't like, I wait until I submit. So I'm finished with the entire book. 
and then I send it out to them. And then okay. they'll let me know if there's anything else I need to do or or if it's or if it's good. And then they'll and then I just wait until it's on sale. You you know what's interesting is uh so this 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 job that you have where you're recording this audiobook, mm-hmm. but you also have to do all the editing yourself instead yeah. of doing the recording and then sending in like a raw wave file or whatever, and then letting them edit the way that they want and trick out the audio, however they decide. So like the, you're essentially getting paid to, um, do like 99% of the work. That 1% is buying the license for great Gatsby and then hosting it or, you know, yeah. creating the manufacturing, the deal with audible to actually, that's interesting. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. Um, so. Like if that's all you and like, and however ways you're going about it, whether you're doing it at home or, mm-hmm. um, or, or you're going somewhere. And, yeah. and if you are, if you choose to, uh, hire, uh, an editor. Um, right. and I, I remember going back and forth on that option, mm-hmm. but I was like, you know what? Like, let me just like, I can, I, got this here i generally know what audacity is about and stuff so right we just go at it myself see what i can do mm-hmm. and we'll go from there so gotcha okay cool i can't wait till i start making money with this podcast so i can hire an editor because i'll <laughs> tell you what man some of these episodes that get kind of long i don't i get tired of my voice i'm like will you just shut up just shut up i'm just gonna um, delete everything um, i don't care it's over yeah like, <laughs> you know? like i have to you know like rest like when i'm like good with it like like Greg Gatsby one of the chapters towards the end it's only nine chapters but one of the end um is the longest like it's got to be like 50 or so like some pages it's a lot of pages uh, it's a lot of where the meat of the story happens and so there's a lot of it so there's a lot of talking and mm-hmm. and and then there's the editing and there's already like few hours allotted for right. both session for like for both uh, parts, of, mm. you know, when, when it comes to recording and editing. And there's times where I'm like, I'm like barely halfway in editing. And I'm like, I'll come back to this tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I got a really long deadline for this. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 oh, I feel you. All right. So cool beans. So let's go ahead. And at this point we'll dive in. Uh, Preston hit me with your decision. What was, what was the turning point that you looking back on see that your life was perpetually impacted by and where, where is that place? Man. Um, the decision. Dun, dun, dun. I guess like, well, if you're asking, you know, what was what was that what was that point in life that maybe decide what I want what I want to you know currently do what I'm doing? Okay. Um, it was when I was in I was a freshman in high school and I went to see the school play, um, and it was the first time in a while that I had been a spectator. I wasn't up performing myself okay. I'm watching it maybe about yeah halfway it was a good halfway into it I uh leaned over to my dad and I was like yeah I'm done being a spectator I I want to I want to start acting again <laughs> okay 
yeah i want to start acting again and then and then eventually yeah like from there soon after it grew to doing it professionally that first okay. yeah, it was definitely like yeah i want to get back to doing plays but yeah soon after it, it uh evolved into doing it for real right but, but yeah it, it was that moment in between. wow yeah what were you what were you watching do you remember it was like one of those um like old like british british farces um and this you said so this was uh, a school adaptation or did you yeah. go see okay yeah. so you were you were watching something at school mm-hmm. at the high school you were attending right yeah okay so yeah. you were at your mm-hmm. own school and you were watching this show with your dad now you said i want to start acting again did you were you acting as a child? Had you done in, plays uh, and stuff as yeah, a child? In school plays, yeah, before. And then that's how I got started um, uh, just okay. acting in general um, as a, uh, when I was like, I had to be like 11. So in middle school and um, my teacher one day, she uh, just called me up during study hall and mm-hmm. asked me if I was interested in doing any sort of extracurricular activities. And I was like, well, I tried to play basketball. That didn't work out. So hmm. Not really sure what else, and <laughs> she uh, spit fired a couple of ideas, and they were like, "Yeah," but weren't really catching on. And then she uh, um, came up with drama club. Okay, and I was like, "Sounds interesting." So she brought over a classmate of mine who was in it, and she was like, "You know, raving about it and stuff." So my teacher was like, "Is that do you think that was something you'd be interested in?" And I was like, "Sure, why not?" I mean, not doing anything else. So stayed after that day, did some improv exercises improv games next thing i know i know i'm cast as two bit in the outsiders play come on <laughs> and i was like wait what i'm doing what <laughs> <laughs> and that 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 did it that did it after that i did the, the um school play the next year um for um this play called anti-mame and uh, i had over a hundred lines for like five, seven different characters. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Like I was scattered all through it. It was nuts. And, um, and so like both of those, especially for an 11, 12 year old, that was a lot of time, a lot of work. And so that was my first foray into doing anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had so much fun. Um, but you know, despite having that fun, I definitely wanted to like just chill and relax and stuff. So I, so that's why I decided not to do anything that following year in high school. But seeing the play and see how much fun they were having, I was like, "Yeah, I'm done. I'm done sitting around. I want to get back up there." Hmm. Okay, I can dig it. I can. What? So, what? Um, what pulled you away from it? Just want to just. Take that bit of a sabbatical. Just wanted to just relax. You know, I had to be at the school every day. Gotcha. Okay. So you just you wanted some time away from school. Yeah. Okay. I can dig that. Um, so when you first started, it wasn't. This was just something to mess around with, right? Right. Yeah. Like okay. I wasn't thinking above it as a career. Um, okay. But uh, but then like yeah like it, it just. It, yeah, like when seeing that play, it was more than just wanting to get up on stage, do some school plays throughout the year or whatever. No, like I was seriously thinking about the future. 
Right. Like it wasn't like something, a thought that was long and drawn out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, no, this, this is what I want to do. Right. Like for the rest of my life. Yeah. It wasn't. So, so you knew that at 14 when you were yeah. like, I want to get back on the stage. It was, this yeah. is, this is the thing that I want to do forever. Yeah. And the crazy thing about it is that uh, my parents, I, yeah, I don't know if I ever told you the story, but um, my parents, when I was a baby, they tried to get me into the business. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Like my, my first agent was Lily's. Uh, no kidding. Yeah. It was wow. Lily's. And uh, my, uh, my dad, one day, he takes me to, uh, to like a baby commercial audition and we're outside the building. He's like, you know, freshman, we have one last time or whatever. These two ladies uh, walk up to us and, you know, they're saying like, oh, he's so cute. He should be in commercials. And my dad's like, well, we're, we're sure hoping for <laughs> yeah, and then, Like time goes by, we're in the room. It's our turn next. And we see those two ladies in the room. One of them was Claire Simon. Whoa. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> and I'm like, she's been doing this for this long? Oh, my oh, yeah. God. Wow. That's nuts. <laughs> wow. And so for, for those of you listening, um, Claire Simon is one of the three-headed snakes of like Chicago major casting agencies, right? You have, yeah, she's, yeah. So she's one of, so you have, um, you have O'Connor, you have PR and you have Claire Simon. Now there are a couple other, uh, places that do casting, but those are the, those are the top three and they have been the top three for, I mean, as long as I've been acting. So early to mid two thousands. Mm-hmm. They have been, you know, those are the, that's the three headed snake. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. So, um, so you tried it and, uh, uh, decided to stop because they, uh, my parents couldn't keep taking off work and yeah. didn't have anybody, um, they relied on uh, deep enough to take me. They tried to watch right. a cousin of mine, but mm. it was just, it was just too much. So, yeah. Um, so they stopped. Yeah. No, that's fair. It, it's it's tough being like um, it's like a child actor, mm-hmm. especially that young. It yeah. becomes your career as the parent, right? Yeah. Which is why I feel like they're all so terrible, right? Because there's yeah. like a little bit of resentment that I can't go do my own thing. I'm here chasing after this child, but I really want this child to succeed. So I'm going to be here at every audition and I'm going to push and push and push for my kid to be seen, you know, to get out there and all this. And, and, but you have to be, you have to be there every time, mm-hmm. right? Cause you have to be the one to sign over, uh, like all the important documents. You have to be there to make sure that they're following the rules with all of the, the, the work you know, the labor laws and stuff dealing with the oh, kids. So definitely. man, that's, that's, and, and you're the one that's, so that has to manage all the finances because a, you know, a seven, eight year old can't be responsible for, you know, the money that they're making. Right. So right. yeah, I get exactly. it. They just, it's, it's very taxing. They just go to that, learn some lines, you know, yeah. doing it perfectly because for all kids, child mm-hmm. actors are, are great. Yeah. <laughs> they just, they just naturally with it. Um, and then, you know, in between time, they doing the homework and yeah. stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. like like that's how like you know once I was uh, um, started getting into the business doing extra work. That's how I started learning about workers' mm-hmm. permits and right. everything. And, yep. and 
learning about those long hours yeah. during the week, you know, yeah. and um, and and it was and they, once I decided made that decision, it was me that came to them. They never even told me about that until wow. I came to them saying, "This is what I wanted to do." Wow. Um, and they they planted they planted that seed in little baby Preston. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it just took that long to people keep saying it was like it's like oh yes for as long as I'm like like people know for a long time they were like I'm not surprised I'm not right. Surprised. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right, okay, so let's talk about let's talk about life for fourteen year old Preston. Uh, do you have any siblings? No, I'm no child. Okay. Yeah. And uh, only child. Do you uh, were you close with any cousins of your age? Anything like? Did you have any like familiar relations around your age that you hung out with, like, or not mostly? so much with family because one they were like scattered. Okay. Two, they were um, all like in the city. Okay. Like south side, whatever. So like okay. that's like my dad's side. Um, so we didn't really go over there, but like we'll see them sometimes, mostly mm-hmm. to see like my uncles, his brothers. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, aside from the one that also moved out uh, from the city into the suburbs, um, like we did, my uncle Tommy. Um, so if anything, if I'm like close with quote unquote close with any cousins it's like my uncle tommy's kids because i've known i've seen them grow up since they were babies since okay. they were born um how much how much older than them are you oh they're just starting to become teenagers okay so they they would have been like just brand new babies when you were in high school oh, like yeah like one gotcha. okay. moved there soon after uh she was born and uh, so she's about 15 now. Ugh. And um, <laughs> the other, I know the other, okay. um, his name is, uh, his name is Kanye. He, um, he's, he was adopted into the family. Okay. Um, and, um, but like as a baby, right. Like, like three or so months old. And um, he's about, he's 13 now, like th- turned 13 this year. And it's like, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> yeah. <you> guys. Hey. <laughs> okay. Um, so at that time, were you at, at 14? I guess you wouldn't necessarily have a job. Did you have any hobbies or anything like that that took up your time at that age? Were you playing sports? Were you in like glee club? Anything like that? You know, like it's funny because, um, like I was saying, how like, you know, I tried out for basketball originally that didn't work out and stuff yeah Mm -hmm. i'm never into i was never into sports definitely not from a um competitive standpoint if if i was doing it then it was just you know purely leisure gotcha just for the fun of it Mm -hmm. um but you know definitely 14 14 year old um into you know gaming um okay so so we always had the latest video games so i'm very happy to have a dad that is a gamer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, I saw your post about um, the Oculus. How how yeah. is it? How I, do you like it? I have it like I got, I have like the the Quest One. So like I played that. That's great. I haven't been able to play this because I've been like on like on my phone. So I got like okay. a new phone too. 
Ooh. And uh, Fancy. The, um, yeah, the Samsung Galaxy Note 20 Ultra. And nice. I wasn't expecting to get this yesterday. So everything really? came yesterday. I was like, uh... like, I am not getting any work done today. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds about like, right. Watch the videos. And oh my mm. God, it's nine day between wow. the two. Oh God, like there was, there was one video watching, showing the uh, the graphics and refresh rate of like some like zombie game. And mm. it's it's stark difference. Like, wow. It's so like, it looks so cartoony almost on the Oculus, on the Quest 1. And then mm-hmm. on the Quest 2, like everything is so much more enhanced. Like like the blood is real. The uh, um uh, just overall like skin texture is more realistic. The, um, uh, uh, the mechanics, how things look when you shoot them and stuff like that is so much real. Oh man, it's amazing. Wow. I'm going to have so much fun with this. Like I'm definitely That's awesome. in today. Okay, I can dig it. Yeah. Uh, what was your What was your favorite game? What was fourteen year old Preston's favorite video game? Oh God! Oh, definitely uh, WWE. Oh really? Which one? Which uh-huh. Which one? Back then, let's see. Fourteen year old, I am. That is two thousand four. So we had. I think we're talking like WWE Raw versus SmackDown. When okay, making that series and okay. uh, and then you got. Uh, the Need for Speed, you got Ninja Gaiden, God of War. Okay. Um. Yeah, definitely okay. fighting and racing games. Fighting and racing games. Okay. Yeah, I tried a little bit with um sports games like Madden, NBA 2K, mm-hmm. uh, especially the street one. That was fun. Okay. Uh, uh tennis, golf. Uh, right. Yeah, if I'm playing think- sports on like crazy, then it's into the games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, I can dig that. I can dig that. Um, tell me, tell me about your music. What what music was your favorite to listen to at that time? What were you bumping? Definitely at fourteen. Um, uh, like top, like like pop music. Okay. Um, just like general popular music and stuff. So like most of the stuff that we would hear on the radio and okay on tv when they played music back then um and uh i mean like but for lifelong lifelong that we're talking Mm -hmm. it's uh it's michael jackson it's black eyed peas it's britney spears for me (laughs) okay yeah okay and um uh, like i'll never forget like buying that latest britney spears album at the time yeah me to it while i'm doing homework whole album whole album a few wow. times where i've actually sat and listened to the entire album and actually liked the actual the whole album too so there's like a few songs here and there and stuff right yeah i was, I was able to get work done um wow. <laughs> while like listening to it not be distracted but wow. uh but yeah god those were the days <laughs> okay I can dig that. I, so, what's your favorite Michael uh, Michael Jackson album? Oh, I would say it has to be uh, uh, the Dangerous album. Dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I think that that was really when he was making a lot of stuff for me that was on another level musically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, definitely like you know, stuff before then, but he was coming into um that that 
modern day sound for R&B music at that time in 92, 93. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the stuff was uh, uh, New Jack Swing and right. how they produced it for him, especially it just, you know, it superseded everybody else that was making music like that in that genre. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's Michael Jackson. So it's automatically going to be good. And better. Right. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Okay. That's awesome. I can dig that. Yeah. I can dig that. Um, what have you, are you a, a creature of habits? Do you, do you have a, a regular everyday routine? And if so, did you have that at that time? Hmm. Question. I guess in a way, yes and no. Definitely, uh, uh, definitely from a subconscious standpoint, yeah. Uh, okay. But I guess in a way, it was like how I guess your average fourteen-year-old in the burbs <clears throat> uh, routine would be. You know, get up early, get on the bus, go to school, do all that, come home. Uh, you know, homework. Once that's done, then you're free to do whatever. One thing that was different, um, that was definitely created into a habit, um, in order to help me with my grades, uh, my dad established this system where he would pay me, um, okay, um, for however many good grades that I would bring in. Okay. And, so like if I got an A, I get like ten bucks. Okay. I B, I get like five bucks and so on. And right. Did you have to owe him money if you got like a D or an F? No, I just want to get paid. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. I just want to get paid or or worse. I just get some kind of trouble or whatever. Right. Yeah. Whatever. So once that started going, and I was mm-hmm. like like collecting all like my good grades, I wouldn't even count them as like. A, a, I was kind of like money. I was kind of like 10, 20, 25, 30. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So and did you, did you, did you get paid, um, every, uh, like every, like semester or did you get paid for tests like or anything like that? Really? Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. th- throughout the, the school year, as you were turning in assignments or taking yeah. exams or whatever, he was evaluating your progress and paying you that way. Oh, that's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, okay, so, so that, that so that was that was your your fourteen year old job. That was the job you had. Pretty much the closest close to a real job. <laughs> right. Okay. I can dig yeah. that. I can dig I that. I never had one. I never had like a, a real job. I never I never was a waiter. Never okay. was like a bus boy, never worked at a grocery store, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Acting had been right. my one and only job ever. That's been the job, the job. Okay. Okay. Um so that being said, when you when you stepped away from acting as like um, the fun thing you did while you're at school all the time, all the time, all the time, did you have any like projection for yourself? Were you thinking before you decided to start acting again, uh, I want to do this, like I want to be a fireman or I want to be an accountant or whatever, whatever. Did you have like a projection for yourself or were you just like, whatever, I'm a kid, I'm in school, I don't care? I, I, think, I think about that sometimes and um Yes and no. Um, growing up, my dad was a, a real estate investor. Okay. And he was doing that for many, many years. Uh, I mean, before that, he was um, he worked at, a, at car dealerships. But after that, he got into real estate. 
And he did, so he did that longer than I can remember. Um, okay. I remember him being a, um, working with cars when I was like three and then into real estate from after that. So I saw him do that more and getting real, real into it. So mm-hmm. I kind of grew up with that mindset of, uh, you know, when I grow up, I'm going to do that. Okay. Uh, be a, be a real estate investor. Um, so yeah. So yeah, like in a way, um, it, it wasn't, I guess, in a way, I guess, as serious, like definite, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. More like feeling like it's going to, I see what my dad does all the time. I'm going to do that. I guess that. I'm going to do that too. Okay. Right. That makes sense. So like at that age where you're not necessarily like, okay, how can I, how, what do I, what are the steps I have to do to make this happen? Right. You're just like, okay, you know, dad does this. Like, um, I guess I'll do that too. Right. I mean, Cause that's, that's the world that you have in terms of jobs. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can dig that. So speaking of, have you, have you invested any of your acting earnings into real estate to um, kind of parlay that the, the, the idea you had for your life with where you currently are, or do you spend all of your time just focusing on booking jobs and that? Yeah. Focusing on acting. Um, yeah. Like uh, it now, as I've gotten older and definitely gotten more into my career, um, mm-hmm. Um, real estate had definitely taken a back seat. Uh, okay. It is still on the cards a little bit for the future. Um, okay. I have really gotten established um, in my life and career. Um, mm-hmm. Then, you know, we decided like, okay, like, all right, what's, let's see what we can do. We tried, we tried uh, some years ago in uh, creating like a company of our own, uh, mm. even make cards. Um, nice we made business cards and we were like going to various um, houses that were for sale and stuff like that, like checking it out, mm. like that or whatever. We did that for a while um, until like, you know, just other things caught our attention and mm. as well as um, building my acting career. Gotcha. Uh, okay. We had done that once I was like 17, 18 and I had graduated from high school early. Okay. Uh, so that gave me the opportunity to just start my career earlier. Okay. Yeah. I can dig that. Alrighty. So if you, for the time that you, if you say it's still in the cards for when you get into real estate, are you going to be one of those people that kind of buys and sells properties to people? Or are you going to be a type of real estate investor where you're buying like multi-unit uh, properties, owning them and then earning on like rent paid or that's the, the former, yeah. Just like just buying and selling, buying and selling. Okay, that's it. Yeah, okay. that's that's what he did. And yeah, um, okay, yeah. Like he wasn't like in like it, getting anywhere into like like landlord territory or anything like okay. that. Okay, property ownership. Okay, yeah, so just uh, buying and selling. Okay, buying. I can dig that. I can dig that. Mm-hmm. All righty, and then so fourteen-year-old Preston, mm-hmm. right? He sees this play and he's like, yeah, that's, this is it. This is what I want to do. This is the thing. Uh, what were your hopes and dreams for yourself then? Were, were you one of those kids that's like, oh, this is what I want to do. I want to be a movie star. I want to be in all the movies. I want to be super famous. Or were you like, you know what? I just, I just really, I really have to do this thing 
called acting. I have to do this. So yeah. this is what I'm going to do. And whether that means I'm a, like a journeyman where, um, you know, a character actor that's constantly working or, you know, was it that? It was, uh, I want to be famous. It was, oh God, it, it, it was that. It was yeah. that. <laughs> but like, <clears throat> it was, it was definitely wanted to be, you know, be up in Hollywood, be in the top movies and stuff, be mm-hmm. one of the top actors, you know. Uh, right. But coming from that love of acting, mm-hmm. that makes sense. I, I mean, I, well, I, I know, I know it makes sense to you. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it wasn't coming from that place of, I, I, I just want to be famous. Right. You know, like, what's a way I can be famous? That's a way. Mm-hmm. You, gotcha. Okay. It was, okay. was me loving acting, me loving mm-hmm. performing, and that being the way to do it. Uh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. He was like, he was like, yeah, he does his career. So, like, yeah, everybody else does it. So, yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. This is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, You've done, you've done some things. Who is the person that you've worked with that you've had, that you've enjoyed the most working with? And whether that's an actor or a director, producer, even, um, who, who's the person that you can remember? Like, oh man, this experience I had with this person was my favorite. I would, um, I would definitely say, um, uh, I would definitely say uh, when I worked with Keenan Thompson, Okay. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean that that's a dream come true. Um, yeah. Yeah, like like you know how they say, uh, you never want to meet your heroes and stuff like that. that. Is whatever what they you say. Like thank thank God that wasn't the case. <laughs> yeah, good. Thank God. Good, good, good. Like um, that is just like an experience, and um, like I remember I told him uh, how I. Had a, I had a list up on my wall of like you know people that I wanted to work with, and uh, yeah, he was on that list, and he was like, "Oh, come here, man!" and he gave me a big old hug and everything. Ah, that's awesome, <laughs> man. Weird. And um, and then that's awesome. you know, ah, uh, honestly, the people in everybody in, in Superior Donuts, that yeah, that entire cast, uh, and in you know the, the director matt matt miller um mm-hmm. the uh creators of uh the producers of uh, the show teachers that was on mm-hmm. land um because you know, that was like my first foray into professional theater mm-hmm. and all of the yeah so you know all of them they got they got their years under their belts and stuff and mm-hmm. that first read through when we all met uh and from the first line on, I was so hyped to do it because yeah. everybody was so good. And it just made for a really great experience for someone that was starting out. Um, That's awesome. Starting out lead role, like we were one co-lead role. Um, and being such a a major part of the story that was being told um i credit them so much for helping me along the way because mm-hmm. there's like definitely so many things that i have learned on how live theater can go yeah it can go sideways in an instant and sure 
you got to be quick. And mm-hmm. never really had those moments like that, me personally, uh, while doing school plays. Mm-hmm. So for the most part, everything had gone. Uh, without uh, a hitch? Yeah, like pretty much without a hitch. It was gone as planned. Uh, but it was during Superior Donuts where I had learned, uh, uh, you know, the timing, uh, um, how to, you know, do blocking, all that mm-hmm. stuff, like on a, on another level than in school. Um, so all, all of them, I, like, I enjoyed working with all of them the most, you know? Yeah. But all the right time. <laughs> That's cool. I can dig that. I can dig that. Um, what's your, what's your favorite quirk about yourself? Are we talking professionally or personally? <laughs> uh, whatever, whatever. I mean, we'll, we'll go with personally because we're, we're thinking back to 14 year old Preston. What's your favorite quirk about yourself that uh, you've had? I would all those say, years? I would definitely say um, like doing, doing voices, characters. Uh, okay. Like when I would think of like friends that um, are comedians uh, and seeing what types they are and stuff, I would like, you know, mm. like daydream, like what kind of comedian would I be considered like, to be? And I guess like from now to even back then, that's 14 years old, I would say I'm more like observational. Like, so I just, I, I just pick up on things that I see and make it a character or a voice or whatever and Mm. just find something that I would see as funny and just run with it. Um, So, yeah, I, yeah, been doing that since 14 before all that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I can dig that. Uh, Where did you, so you, you've been, you grew up your whole life in the suburbs, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, about what part uh, of the suburbs? North side, northwest, north Gold west. Coast. Yeah, northwest north suburbs. Um, grew up in uh, in Addison. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so more closer to uh, two ninety, and then yeah. here in Hannibal Park uh, for the last fifteen years. Okay. Yeah. But you grew up in in Addison. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. I can dig that. I've seen it for 15 years and been living here for 15 years. Nice. Nice. Cool beans. Um, I think that's about good. Is there anything else that you remember from that time that you feel is super important? Because um, I, I think I have an idea of where where I'm going to take other, other Preston. I, ha- mm-hmm. I think I have an idea of what other Preston might have experienced in this life. Not really anything else. Like, yeah, I was just like, <laughs> well, um, it was definitely at 14 when um, I had started, I had uh, uh, started my foray into creative writing. Um, okay. I would have my, um, I would take my wrestling action figures and I would, uh, create shows with them and because uh, I had like a good bunch of action figures already like assembled uh, I had like a ring everything and well 
Nice. And I um and I would just take my uh, my notebook and I would write out shows, write out shows, storylines. I would write the matches out, all that. Oh and man. I would spend hours and hours and hours doing it. And did you perform it then? Oh yeah. Like I would like, yeah. <laughs> I would write it down, like I take them and I would like because I was out and I was so intricate with you know how like kids they play with toys and like they're just smashing them and stuff like that. I'm like, no, uh-huh. no, no. We treat our toys here with respect, okay? Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's like so I'm like, you know, being real intricate with this stuff like that. So and oh man. That yeah, that was definitely my first like foray into creative writing. Yeah, definitely yeah, 14. Okay. Say. What what have you done with creative writing since? I um well like uh, uh, like poetry uh i guess like technically i'm i'm a i'm a published poet um nice i wrote a uh i wrote i wrote a poem when i was uh i had to be 15 um for like it was like an english assignment that we had to do um you had to write something submit it on this website and uh and then you know just see what happens see if you get picked and right. I, and another friend of mine uh, our poems were the only ones in our school that was picked for nice. uh, a teens poetry book. Still got it. And, um, and so like there was that. And then, um, and then the other thing, the other big thing for me was um, uh, music video screenplays. So I would okay. listen to a song and I would envision what a video for it would look like. And I would get very detailed with it um, mm-hmm. from, you know, what parts are slow-mo, what's going on over here, uh, what uh, what's the camera doing, what kind of shot are we getting at this part of the song, all that. And so you would you would creatively write what, like, the storyboards would be? Yeah. Wow, okay. And I, I, got, I got, I would get real deep with that. I remember I wrote one or like some Britney Spears song and I was so dead serious on like yeah. about it. I wanted to get it set out. I'm like, this is it. This is going to put on the map. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I need to hit a writer's it. guild. Somebody to get this. Yeah. Get it out there. Whatever. <laughs> get it out there. I love yeah, it. I was, I was dead. That's, that's, that's my prime joy. I still look at that thing and I'm like, God, this is good. I'm like, this needs to be, this needs to be made somehow. <laughs> right. Nice. Going to win. Uh, a music video award. I love it. <laughs> All right. Uh, final two questions. Okay. Who are your two favorite wrestlers? Number one is all time. Number two is current. All time. The rock. Okay. Current. I'm just going to like, just throw a shot in the dark. Um, uh, Cause I got like a lot of current favorites, uh, but one I'd say is uh, uh, Sasha Banks. Um, Sasha Banks. Yeah. She's um uh total package. Total package wrestler. Uh she can talk. Uh she's incredibly talented. Uh, mm. great character. Uh she, like like the rock, she has all the tools uh, right. to be a star with which she is in, in that right. world. Okay. I can dig that. I can so how do you feel about um athletes who are like in other sports coming into wrestling. So like, for example, Ronda Rousey, how, how have you enjoyed her in wrestling? She, I, I, I generally did. Um, she had, uh, uh, 
an incredible run for someone as a rookie. Um, like their rookie year, doing all that she did, that doesn't happen. That mm-hmm. just doesn't happen in that magnitude. Um, do you think? It, do you think she would have been wasted otherwise? Because I mean, everybody knows at the time when she joined wrestling, everybody knew who Ronda Rousey was. Oh, you yeah. know, she was a super yeah. champion UFC fighter. Do, mm-hmm. do you think she would have been wasted if they brought her in and treated her like an actual rookie, like you know, Maybe. throwing her a couple spots every now and again? Maybe because um, because like you know. Uh, there were there were some hiccups okay. um, in her run, um, with uh, especially when they uh, um, initially featured her as uh, as a good guy, as a babyface. Um, when we, from what we've seen from her in her UFC career, that's not her natural right. Yeah, in there, especially you know? toward the end. As toward the end, she became oh, like yeah. this. You know like angry. I got to prove myself. Oh, I'm yeah. going to disrespect you over and over, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> so that, yeah. So with that, like seeing that side of her turning people off, that was a lot of people that like the hardcore, like fans were expecting mm-hmm. that we eventually got, uh, it just came at the end of her, of her initial run. She's gone now. She's been gone for like over a year because, uh, um, like just taking time out for injuries and mm-hmm. one family and stuff yeah um but once she once they finally got her to be that way in, with her character um she got better um she became a better talker right uh, and more definitely more aggressive um as a performer in her style uh than initially um in the in the early parts mm-hmm. of her of her run uh which was you know great to see like people like you know you go online, go on Reddit, and it's like this is the Ronda Rousey yeah. we, we were wanting, we were yeah. expecting to see her to come uh, in. Way and, better you than know, like you know, furious uh, when she brought in Kane Velasquez. Like, uh-huh. I I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, I <laughs> know what they were thinking, but it was just not the right move. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are some people that are charismatic, and some people that are like ultra athletic and are fun to watch. And I feel like you have to be an extreme if you come from another sport and you're not yeah. necessarily kind of bred into that from a young age, you know, ready right. to perform yeah. in that regard. And there's such a small few that can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ronda Rousey is one of them. Okay. Um, like we saw that in, in our UFC career. Um, and then, you know, you have the opposite. You have the reverse of people going into other sports, into MMA from wrestling. Oh, CM Punk. Huh? CM like CM Punk. Ugh, I really I wanted so, him. To, I, I wanted so, him to do well. I wanted so much. I wanted to do. I wanted to do so well. Yeah. That feeling of hearing uh, his theme song and in his first UFC after hearing it in WWE, I'm like, oh, that sounds yeah. so good. And, and I'm like, well, this is the only. This is the only highlight of his UFC career. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I really wanted him to do so well. I mean, and I was really surprised that Brock Lesnar didn't do better uh, considering um, his collegiate wrestling. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I I didn't see him really going in there and employing his years and years and years of experience as a collegiate wrestler, just dominating. This dude was a, he was a monster when he was in college wrestling. He was, he was an, he was an actual monster. So I fully expected him to go in and just wrestle the hell out of 
you know, these, because like yeah. most heavyweights are, I'm going to punch you until you're knocked out. Right. You know, so bring him to the yeah. ground and then what, what are they going to do? Yeah. You know, I think, yeah, so. I think a lot of people have that. Yeah. Had that feeling too. Cause yeah, I mean like he's one of those people out there that could literally do anything. Like he just up and quit WWE to be a, a football player, not having any sort of history yeah. in the game at all. Didn't go to high school for it. Didn't go to college for it. He just up and like, hey, no, I'm yeah, I mean, I'm big. I can do this. Right. It was like, yeah. I'm bad. Like, like, like he didn't make it to the main team. He got cut, but still just right. gotten, getting as far as he did. Like but he, he only, he only got that far because of the fact that I he mean, was <laughs> famous, you know, if it was anybody else saying, Hey, I'm like in my thirties, I'm going to go play professional football. Know, they right? would have been yeah. laughing in his stupid face. Yeah. Like you just goofy out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Who's got trying to fool? Oh, no, you're definitely right on that. <laughs> But yeah, oh, then yeah, then going into UFC, yeah, while like it was ridiculous that he lost in within like second minutes almost in like the first fight. Yeah, I no, was, I mean like, he was he was really disappointed. I mean he won, he ended up winning the belt, which is great. But he, he was just never exciting to see. It was never fun to watch. Um <laughs> he did he didn't look like a fighter. You know, he looked like a bit of a scrapper, but I think it was his size that was is what intimidated people. You know, mm. until oh, yeah. he until he fought like Cain Velasquez, who punched his face out. Yeah, you know, and then you got other guys like uh, uh, Bobby Lashley, who mm. uh, does both simultaneously. One of the few that that does both like wrestling and MMA. Yeah, he does less MMA because just how his schedule is and yeah. WWE and stuff, so he can't really do that but when he was wrestling for other companies he was able to do mma as well so he did some fights for bellator mm. and i think he's undefeated still hmm. i think it's like uh, i mean he must have gotten really lucky because i cannot imagine but either organization would be willing to have them on their on their roster while he's also in another uh organization okay. essentially like the the risk of injury is so high yeah. in both that you would allow somebody to kind of dip their toes in both oh, yeah, is, I find totally. it interesting. So it's because it's like it's like they want to like, you know, establish that, you know, that working relationship and, mm. and you know, accommodate to uh the person's aspirations and goals and stuff mm -hmm. on what they want to do. Um okay. hey guys final question. Um if you were a professional wrestler, would you be a heel or a face? That is a good question. I I feel like I could do both. Okay. I feel like being a heel will be fun because then you know, you get to you get that 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 leeway to really really talk, really lay out some like real deep points to someone to really bring them down and stuff and mm. get that heat. <laughs> so that's like just but like but as well as like being a whole different version of yourself. Right. Like that's the main thing, and that's like what I love about acting so much. And the, like with the role that I did with Spirit Donuts, and um, the other place that I did Heat Wave, mm. they're so different from me. Like Heat, like Superior Donuts was me times ten, right? And and my role in Superior in Heat Wave was completely different, uh, in a whole nother fashion. Like my friends were like that scene, and they would come up to me like, "I didn't know you." Had that in you, or whatever, and like it's like seeing a whole different side of me, yeah, which is so much fun to do. Cool beans. So, we'll go ahead and we'll we'll take a quick break. 
um, at this point in the show. We'll listen to some music, and when we come back, we will hear the story that I will have written for Preston. It'll be called Other Preston, and then we'll chat about it. Um, but yeah, stick around. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that music. The name of that song on today's episode is Run Come. That is Run Come. Two words by Shaolin Dub. Hope you dug it. Um, but right now, I want to reiterate my guest. I have Preston Tate Jr. with me. If you'd like to follow him on social medias, his Instagram is Prestorama. You can find him uh, his like page on Facebook at Preston Tate Jr. On Twitter, he is Prez Tate Jr., as in the president of Tate Jr. of America. And his website is officialprestontatejr.com. You ready for your story, Preston? Are you ready? I am ready. And that, that's going to be in the Twitter bio yeah, from is it? now on. <laughs> Preston, I like that. Good. <laughs> good. Good. I'm glad. Ha. All right. Cool beans. We are about to hit up other Preston. Let's go. With a crackle, the lights go out in the small theater for a pregnant moment. An uproarious applause erupts within the darkness and the house lights blast the seats with a warm yellow glow. The student performers wear vibrant smiles and rush downstage to take their positions for a collective bow. Other Preston's father looks at his boy who is slowly clapping and intermittently adding soft woos. You okay, Other Preston? Huh? Placing his hand on Other Preston's shoulder, Preston Sr. rotates his son and looks him in the eyes. Are you okay? Your claps, well appreciated, I'm sure, are not vigorous. What's the matter? Did you, do you want to be down there? I don't know. I know I needed a break and the break has been fine. I'm, I'm looking at them all and there's a small part of me that thinks like, yeah, that's what I want to do. That's where I want to be. But there's an even louder part inside me that doesn't want to do that at all. I just want to go home. Can, can we do that? Can we just go home? Sure thing, son. 
you want some ice cream? Maybe we could stop on the way home and get some ice cream. You know, I don't like the idea of eating your feelings, but we won't do that. We'll just have a sweet treat and talk. What do you say? Still slowly clapping, other Preston contemplates tomorrow. It was just meant to be a short break from being on stage all the time, from rehearsing every day, from being expected to perform with every breath. The image he's creating in his mind is one of a life without acting, no expectations. The clapping stops and other Preston holds his hands firmly together and rests them on his abdomen. You know what, Dad? I think I would like that very much. Let's go get some ice cream. The crowd goes silent. There's a single spotlight in the whole house and it shines on none other than Stone Cold Steve Austin. He retires today, but that doesn't mean he won't get slapped in the mouth. Let's see who else is here. Other Preston sets the tiny stage on the floor in the center of his room. The cloudy night provides no outside illumination. The only light coming from the small flashlight in Other Preston's hand. It frantically scours the room looking for potential dangers to the polypropylene action figure positioned in the center of the small scale to ring. Small to scale ring. Who will it be? The Rock? Nah, too easy. Kurt Angle? Nope, he just lost to Brock Lesnar again. Who's that on the dresser? That mammoth of the man? That titan of flesh and bone? It's the big show! Other Preston excitedly takes hold of the 12-inch tall figure and slowly motion, slow motion manipulates a toy to perform the greatest display of agility wrestling has ever seen. A quintuple backflip with alternating twist. He gracefully soars until he lands firmly on Steve Austin's shoulders. Other Preston excitedly chimes in, Who knew the big show was so agile? I sure didn't. But he lands his super flip twist. And what's this? A hurricane runner. And he throws Stone Cold Steve Austin out of the ring. Other Preston gently maneuvers the Steve Austin figure and lays him down on the floor outside the ring. He takes the big show into his hands and clips a small microphone to the toy's bald fist. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Ha! More like out cold Steve Austin. You should stay down, old man. Your time is done. You had a good run, but now it's time to go home forever. Good day, sir. You may be the Texas rattlesnake, but I am made of antivenom, so your snake bite can't do shit to me. Other Preston looks around and listens to hear if anyone heard him cussing. The coast is clear. So he resumes, I am the big show. This is my show now. Other Preston presses play on his CD player and you hear a crash of broken glass and the iconic theme song, Hell Frozen Over, begins to play. Narrating the sequence of events, Other Preston dictates, Stone Cold is getting up. Nothing can keep him down. Nothing. Look, he's climbing the ropes. He staggers into the ring. The big show is terrified. He just threw him out of the ring with such force that no one could have survived that. No one. But there he is, squaring up against the largest wrestler to ever dominate the ring. Steve Austin charges the big show and he kicks and he stuns him. He stuns him. The big show slams down hard against the canvas, but jumps right back up. Another stun and another one and another one. Steve Austin yells, hit me. And the beers come flying into the ring. He rips them open and pours them down his gullet. As they keep flying into the ring, he pours one out for his fallen uh, for the fallen usurper, stomps him one last time and heads out of the ring and down the lonely road to life after wrestling. The lights go out on stage for him. Other Preston clicks the flashlight off, sits it in a pregnant silence in the center of his room, holding tightly to his stone-cold Steve Austin action figure. Hmm. So this is what I don't want to do, huh? Sure is. Other Preston stands and pulls the chain in the center of his room, clicking on the light, and he examines the stage he set for the audience of one and contemplates how to manufacture excitement that can be felt by millions instead of just him. He feverishly puts all his uh, figures away and carefully disassembles the ring before returning it to its place on the shelf in his closet. 
He retrieves his championship belt, rips off his shirt, and affixes the belt to his waist. He heads out of his bedroom and begins traversing the rooms in his house. The house is quiet, and he fills it with heavy footfalls and labored breathing, simulating an exhausted champion pacing to let the adrenaline wear off after an exciting match. He clears his mind and begins to imagine scenario after scenario, scripting them in his mind. The sun begins to peer over the cloud cover and pokes through the windows, exposing other Preston asleep on the couch in his tightest of whiteies and his championship belt. <clears throat> hey, champ, his father calls out. Other Preston wakes up for a moment and then rubs the sleep deeper into his eyes, rolls over, and softly mumbles storylines and jokes to himself, falling fast asleep. Some time passes. Other Preston runs at top speed back home from school, his backpack bouncing haplessly from side to side with every step. He attacks the mailbox, tearing it open and yanking out the stack of letters. He dashes inside and drops them on the kitchen counter. Sifting through, he finds the one for which he's been waiting all summer. The letterhead emblazoned with WWE filled other Preston with excitement and anxiety. He removes his bag and places it at his feet. He shambles over to the couch and stares at the unopened letter forever. You got this, OP. You were born for this. They loved your storyline submissions. Other Preston submitted several sample story arcs for every active Raw and SmackDown performer. The tome titled OP Stories to Consider, potential story arcs for every active wrestler in WWE, was well received. And now, several months later, later, one of Other Preston's arcs is going live this week. The letter affirms as much and the letter finish and the letter finishes rather with a job offer. Other Preston reads it over and over, becoming more excited each time he reads the job offer. Overcome with emotion, he shouts aloud and throws the letter in the air before reaching down and taking hold of the coffee table before him and flipping it over, sending the large coffee table picture books careening across the room and into picture frames on the cadenza across the room. Other Preston's parents, who had come home several minutes before, had been watching him from behind the couch, lovingly enjoying his excitement level rising as he shouted along aloud the words on the paper um, each time he read it. Boy, what is wrong with you? I'm sorry, Mom. I got a letter. They like my stories. They're going to use this one this week. They offered me a position as a staff writer. I'm going to work for the WWE. Can you, can you believe it? I can't. But what does that have to do with my coffee table? Boy, clean your mess. Ah, I'm so excited. I think they'll let me wrestle at some point. Do you think they'll let me wrestle at some point? Can you imagine me in a ring? Oh, man, I better hit the gym just in case. You do what you feel is necessary, but that starts after you put my house back together. Talk to your stun, Preston. Conjuring his best Ric Flair impersonation, Preston Sr. lets out a hearty woo. Other Preston looks him dead in the eye and returns woo, 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 woo. The end. <laughs> that, is, that is definitely how I would have I been as a kid. <laughs> oh man I'm, I'm telling you like you you don't know man like i yeah i would get that in depth with my stuff with my with my action figures like yeah. like seriously like if you if you would have really seen me as a kid i would spend hours hours on it like in my room in the front mm -hmm. when i would have like you know time and able to and stuff mm -hmm. yeah so i'm just like and you know the thing about me is that like with stories is that i love ones that as it's going along whether i'm hearing it or or reading it myself mm -hmm. i if i can picture what's happening then i'm really invested in it mm -hmm. and that's exactly 
how this was for me. Oh, good. Uh, so good. thank you very good. much for that. You're um, welcome. Every single bit of it, I like as especially as like at like after a, like maybe like five seconds, um, it started to formulate in my mind, mm-hmm. and I could I was able to see it uh, vividly and clearly, um, and I I love that I absolutely love that like some of my like like I'm not that much of a reader like as a as a hobby, but mm-hmm. when I do take that time. <laughs> And I'm able to like see that, see every single scene mm-hmm. as vividly as possible. I, you got me. You got me. I don't care what it is. You got me. And you got me on this one. Awesome, man. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm that, so was, glad. that was great. Good, good, good. I'm glad. I'm, I, so like I took myself back to when I was, you know, about that age or maybe a little bit younger. I had a friend mm-hmm. in grade school. And anytime I went to his house, we would build these elaborate, you know, like battlescapes and all mm. of his toys would join the battle. And it didn't even matter if they all matched. Like it was G.I. Joe and Ninja Turtles and Transformers and whatever else we could, we could, you know, rustle up. Like, oh, God, I, I, I would do that too sometimes. Like mm. I had like my I had Power Rangers. I had like other random stuff and honestly like i just thought of it as like one big like crossover event going on and they're all like just going at it like worlds colliding to the max and it was yeah that was so much fun and like i would do that i would do that like with um other toys that i had as a kid where um i was talking like a friend on Facebook about this, how like I would put on like, like Toy Story mm-hmm. and I had like most of the toys already. I had Buzz Lightyear, had Woody and all the other ones. And I would go about the movie in, t- in its entirety at, with my toys as the, the movie itself is playing along in the right. background yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And- <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Like I would like, and I was thinking back and I'm like, how did I have all this time to do this? Mm-hmm. Where was my homework? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> this sounds was, right. This was, this was something else. This was fun. Awesome, man. Awesome. And I figured like remembering uh, some of the stuff that you were talking about that was important to you or things that you might've been interested in. Uh, yeah. I just imagine like all the love you had for wrestling back then, it would have, it would have been that, you know, like, okay, if I'm not yeah. going to be acting, it's going to be this. I'm going to just try and get into wrestling however I can. And it's so if they like honestly, probably, yeah. Like, honestly, probably if it wasn't going to be like, like doing real estate, it probably would have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It honestly probably would have. Yeah. I would not, I would not, I would not be surprised if that yeah. actually became my road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, cause I think also, um, creative people have to be creative. Yeah. You know, and real estate is fine. I mean, that's, that's a great way to make a living a great way. But I think that the mm-hmm. people that are, that have a creative tendency, the, like their soul will scream out until they can be creative, Absolutely. you know? So I Absolutely. just figure if, if you're not acting, if you're not, you know, being creative in that way, we're going to find another way for you to be creative. So, Oh Yeah. Totally. Um, and it, it's so funny because like I didn't I wasn't planning on 
this being your story. Like I had an idea mm-hmm. of like, all right, maybe I'll put him on stage, you know, telling jokes or, you know, like hosting a stand up thing. But this yeah. started and I was like, ooh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I think we got something here. Yeah. All right. All right. I you know. know. <clears throat> I know. I, I hear you. Like, yeah, when you really, like, it's like, I guess just speaking for me personally, like, if I find myself writing something and see the the seed being planted, but mm-hmm. I find myself somewhere else, I'll try to see how far I can go with that other mm-hmm. idea and how I feel. And, and if I feel like, mm, I find myself like keep going back to the other one and it's like, okay, I think I have more mm-hmm. to do with this. So I'm, I'm going to go here with this initial idea. Right. And and then you just keep building from there, because um, like you like it, it feels like you really feel the I guess like the tugging along mm-hmm. between the two ideas mm-hmm. on which you feel um, more aligned with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so yeah, so I I I, I hear what you're saying on that. Yeah. So yeah, I, th- I think you, I uh, I mean. I was gonna trust you with whatever that you came up with. I'm like, hey, I'm I'm open to whatever that he's gonna say because mm-hmm. I know it's gonna be entertaining either way. So, right on, man. Right on. I'm, yeah. I'm glad it fit. So I heard you giggle when I uh, I gave your mom that line of, "Boy, what is wrong with you?" Just like imagining <laughs> if like your parents are watching you, like getting real excited, and then all of a sudden you just flip the coffee table over. So much shock would yeah. be. Like it wouldn't even be about getting the job anymore. Yeah, <laughs> that is like a that, that there there is no moment mm. that would have been a distant memory would became a distant memory so fast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you know we don't do that in this house. Right? Okay, how uh, sad you are. <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I I'm glad I was able to peg that because I, I feel like uh, oh. nah that like I'm. His dad probably would have been more the one like, yeah, let's get excited. But his mom has to be, she has to be the one that reigns everybody in. You know? So. Actually, he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like in that moment, they both would have been. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, man. That's so funny. That's so funny. Oh, God. Thank oh, you, man. man. I, appreciate, I appreciate all of this. This, man, is, no problem, this was. Man. This was great. This was really fun. Good. I knew it was gonna be, but it's it's a whole other thing when you finally get to this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, then l- let me ask you: What um, th- take yourself back to that time. What is a storyline mm-hmm. that you would have loved to see play out? <laughs> love to see play out, like like with me involved in it. Or no, no, we're just we're just going to use actual Preston's creativity here. Okay. Hit, hit me, hit me with a storyline that you would have liked to see play out in in the WWE hmm. from back then, from when you from when you were a kid. What's something that like, you always wanted to see? Okay, well, I guess it's not something that I like always like wanted to. See. Well, okay. I'll say, well, I'll say this and I'll say the other thing. One thing I would like to see was um, it was back in 2001 mm-hmm. and uh, WWE had bought WCW. Right. Uh, and then soon after uh, ECW folded. Mm-hmm. So they uh, put together their whole uh, invasion 
storyline with WCW and ECW joining forces to take to try and take over WWE mm-hmm. uh, with Shane and Stephanie McMahon uh, running both of them. Mm-hmm. And as it how it went about, it wasn't what people wanted because it was you had like a few top WCW ECW stars, but it but it wasn't it wasn't Austin versus Goldberg. It mm-hmm. wasn't Rock versus Hogan then. It was that later. Like all mm-hmm. this stuff happened with like two or so years later after that, but it wasn't a part of that storyline. Right. So that would definitely would have been a great thing to see to have, you know, the NWO okay. come in uh for the invasion, Goldberg and right, Flair, right. Sting, all that. Okay. To really have it be WWE versus WCW and ECW and all that. Okay. And then uh one thing that would have been cool, because it, it kind of ties into me growing up to be a wrestler. Um, when I wasn't doing, when I stepped away from you doing things with my action figures, I started doing it in the games. Right. So I would create uh, custom storylines and wrestlers uh, in the games. So I made myself and my uh my little cousin at the time uh because he was a big uh Rey Mysterio fan okay so i created a storyline involving me him uh Mysterio Randy Orton and CM Punk where uh Mysterio beats Orton for the WWE title uh i come in as uh me and my cousin come in as a guest. He wins the title. He brings my cousin along into the ring with him to celebrate. Uh, and then I think it was like, this is years ago. I think I had like Orton attack Mysterio from behind during this interview, post-match interview and whatnot and scare my cousin or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I get involved and, uh, and then all of a sudden uh, my cousin is kidnapped. He's gone. And because I leave him in the locker room where I thought it would be safe, I come back, he's not there. So I'm running around, running around trying to find him. Then all of a sudden, CM Punk comes out, gets involved, saying that uh, he took him. So I chase so I chase him uh, to the parking lot. We fight. He smashes my head through a car window. Oh, I'm out for months. And while they are terrorizing while they still have my cousin and terrorizing Mysterio, uh, both he and Orton. Months, weeks later, I return in a much like darker, more violent gimmick than I originally had. Right. A uh, place for myself. Vengeance. And I'm hunt- yeah, and I'm, uh, hunting them down pretty much. I had stopped like once I got to that point, just cause I was like, like, those times were like, like, ah, I'm bored. I'm gonna do something else. And, uh, just never went really went back to it, but that was the general basis of how it went down. And it was almost like me going along as it went, like just coming up with stuff as it went mm-hmm. just seeing what I could do to make it fun to play out and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but that was really fun. And, uh, yeah, that was really fun. So, yeah, that that was That's definitely awesome. like my thing. Like, ooh, if I was a wrestler, like I would write, I would write out like this and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. 
Cool beans. Cool beans. Anything else in the story that spoke to you or stuck out or any of that? I guess it was just like, I guess I was trying to uh, picture exactly when uh, it had like started like as far as like what, how old I, I'm supposed to be, mm-hmm. what uh, gotcha. so grade I'm supposed to be. It would have been, I think you said you were like 13 when... Mm-hmm. 13 or so when you when you saw that play no you were 14 and you saw that play and you were like you know what yeah i want to start acting again i want to go back mm-hmm. on stage yeah so i just took you right to that moment and where you said yeah so where you said you know what i want to act other preston was like you know what i don't want to act yeah and so it that's, was like that's what right I was at that moment yeah yeah and um so I was definitely while well, I was like trying to like figure out mm-hmm. which yeah which um time that was I was like going back and forth between um being in middle school when I was doing you know those two plays and stuff and mm-hmm. spending those nights after school and in high school uh wanted to take the break and then being like okay I I want I'm ready again it's going back and forth and just you know thinking about that stage yeah uh, and just all the experience that i had like i didn't i didn't that uh uh being around those theater kids was a mm-hmm. thing yeah until high school and right. oh my god it is it is a thing where it's like um i can't even deal with y'all um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm like, I just like to act. I'm not in the, like, like you got the kids, you had the kids there that some of them, they would just be singing loudly mm-hmm. in the hallways at school. Right. And every time I would just like roll my eyes, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm so over this. like, oh God, they were just like, some of them. Some of them were just incredibly pompous and arrogant about it because they did theater. They did every single play every single year. Right. And I'm like, it's a school play. It's not that serious. Like, it's fun. Yeah. But like, and great if you want to, you know, make it into career like I do. But, you know, let's bring that down a little bit. Um, <laughs> and it was like, it was just so crazy how, uh, how split the two like quote unquote groups were mm-hmm. where it was like, you know, had the theater kids, the, the, just like the, the, the performer kids. Cause they didn't just do theater. They did theater. They did, they were in choir. Right. Uh, they were in band, you know, and then you had the other ones and they, and for the most part, they mostly stuck with themselves. Mm-hmm. They rarely went outside of the circle. And then you had the ones that did interact mm-hmm. with everyone else, with everyone, uh, regardless of what, click they were or were not in mm-hmm. uh, it didn't matter they were just other students and were just doing the play mm-hmm. and that's where i was um because i've never been that person to just with just one uh click one group of friends i was always mm-hmm. um expanded out uh okay. and having just a uh, vast different um eclectic uh, collection of friends um my me and my dad we have this running joke that 
no matter where we go, like almost no matter where we go, we can be in an entirely different state miles away. Sooner or later, I'm bound to run into somebody that I know. Oh, really? And it's hilarious. Like wow. I, I'll see, I see someone that I know, and then I look at my dad and see his face. And <laughs> 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 it was just like laughing and stuff like that. And be like, oh my god! Again, again, <laughs> like, not, like not, not yeah. like in like in an annoying way, but like in a way that we get, you know. Yeah. And, but I, gotcha. I know you're joking, and it's so funny. Even though he got me, he got me one time when we had a business trip mm-hmm. uh, in Atlanta where um, I was about to, I was going ahead to sign with BMG down there. Okay. And uh, so we were checking into our hotel and I'm just, you know, I step away while he's checking out stuff like that or checking in. I'm just looking around, seeing the area, really nice area. And from afar, I see this dude, a uh, good looking guy, muscled up model looking and whatever okay. and i see him i'm like he's no like look at this guy he mm-hmm. should be a model he's not mm-hmm. and then soon as he's about to pass my dad my dad sees him and he taps him on the shoulder and he's like hey man and dude looks at him he's like hey what's going on and they you know sorry go hug it and i'm like i'm sitting in the background i'm like uh who is this <laughs> who 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 is this that you know? Oh, all the way over here because I've seen your friends right. and none of them look like him, <laughs> and none of them look like so. Who is it? And turn out it was a um an actor on like a, some like Tyler Perry show that gotcha. him and my mom watched. So I was like, oh, oh uh, that makes gotcha. a lot of sense. <laughs> gotcha. And like like he told me like he like told me his name like his name was like Denzel something. Okay. Uh, and he was on. I remember him from being on Top Model, America's Next Top Model. Okay. And I was like, oh, that's him. I didn't realize it until like afterwards. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, but like, I swear to God, I thought it was somebody that he knew from like gotcha. his days growing up in freaking Inglewood. And I'm like, uh, who do you know up from Inglewood that looks like him? Right. Because there ain't nobody far in your history, far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, coming from freaking Englewood, right? Uh, so, Denzel, oh, Denzel God, Wells. What was his name? Denzel Wells. Okay. Yeah, that's Denzel that, Wells. Okay, Denzel Wells. Yeah, yeah. he's the guy. Is America's Next Time Model on that Tyler Perry show? Yeah, and that's, I remember him because okay. he was like on the show. He was like having a thing with one of the girls on there. So I think like one of the first times they had like intergender competitors mm. and stuff. Okay. Uh, and yeah, I think he was like messing with one of the girls that was like, even though she was like nineteen and he oh. was like almost thirty. Okay. And and then she had like she already had a man back oh. home and stuff like that. So I was like, danger Ugh. and danger. And then and then years later, she ends up dying. What like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like not just dying, like murdered. Like oh she was my killed. God? Yeah, like her, her brother, or something like that, or whatever. Jeez. Something like she got into, like she like went into the freaking like abyss. Uh, and it was like kind of crazy because she was already kind of had like issues up in the house anyway. And so wow. when that came out, it almost wasn't a surprise, but still at the same time, it's still sad because she's still like fairly young. Yeah. And and I was like. Thank God I did not remember that <laughs> when I, you know, yeah. met him because I would my whole attitude would have been different. I would have been like, "Hey, 
how you doing? Are right. you okay? <laughs> right. Oh man. It's so bad. Oh man. <laughs> but but wow. yeah, it is like but yeah, so like yeah, every time almost every time it never fails. Like we're bound I'm bound to someone that I know. And that's he'll be amazing. like, Oh my god, again. And because that's, that's just how how I've been because he recalls telling me as a kid that um like you know I'm it mm-hmm. like I'm the, I'm gonna be the only one oh, yeah, <laughs> so okay. I'm like, yeah so he was like so nice. better go out there and make some friends and <laughs> I did <laughs> good good right now <laughs> like all over the world pretty much good. <laughs> this is very true I mean at this point we all know somebody yeah that's in yeah I think like parts of the, the world old, the older you get your six degrees gets smaller and smaller you know absolutely absolutely like yeah. i have um these cut uh, this cousin her and her family she um they're uh they're navy they're a navy family um okay. uh, she on the navy and that's where she met her her husband and uh, so they've been stationed in various places around the world uh one of those was uh tokyo okay and i didn't realize that so like she made a post on facebook about how they were getting ready to like come home to like minnesota and stuff like that from there mm-hmm. and i was like if i had known you were there i could have been there already yeah like like people were gonna been like hey what you doing what, what's going on in tokyo why are you going there oh, i got family what right. family you got in tokyo <laughs> right mind your business like, mind your business i'm okay. still seeing you yeah <laughs> but uh but yeah yeah but now you're definitely right as we, we get older it becomes it, honestly, like in some cases, it becomes smaller and bigger at the same time mm-hmm. because, yeah, you 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 just know more people, especially in, in right. online work. Oh yeah, that's that's just what I meant. Is like you're instead of it being six degrees, sometimes it's like three degrees or two degrees. You know, just <laughs> totally. everyone you meet is gonna be like, oh, you know this person, I know this person. Oh man, we're pa- practically best friends now. You know, just because of that much. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> especially especially in this community of ours. Yeah. Oh, especially. for sure. For sure. Uh, like, how many times, like, do you say when somebody asks you if you know someone and you don't, but mm. you love them? And it's right. Like, yeah. It's like, 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 do you know so and so? No, but I know of him. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, like, it's yeah. All the I feel like most me. names that pop up, it's like I either I either know them personally, I have been in an audition room with them, so we've chatted, or I know mm. somebody that knows mm-hmm. them personally. Just yeah. about anybody, especially yeah. here in the Chicago scene. Anytime. Oh, have you heard of this actor? Uh, like, oh, I've met them at this or I know mm-hmm. them from this or I was in a show with them yeah. or, you know, any of that. There's there's yeah, loads of that. Absolutely. So have you ever run into like the uh, like, you know, the, the people on the, the Dick Wolf shows here, like Fire, Fire PD from like, uh, people that we actually know yeah. to like the oh, local yeah. people to like like stars and stuff yeah 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 i've run into yeah. i've run into some people um mm-hmm. so i was on a dick Schroll, uh show twice and oh. uh one of the people and they were like a few years apart right uh but mm-hmm. one of the people that i met the first time i was on she re- she uh recognized me she's like hey oh, and i was like yeah i'm back <laughs> and she's like all right so <laughs> oh that's so cool yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I've had that a couple of times especially with um uh superior donuts mm-hmm. um because like I've had a few people come to me that either they like just 
saw me only on stage mm-hmm. or they had like seen me from afar afterwards or whatever, but didn't get a chance to uh, meet me in person, face to face or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I have like one friend, uh, she, she had saw, seen me there, but we had never met uh, until like fairly recently, <laughs> uh, like this year. Oh, and wow. we were like, like the time we were talking about that, I'm like, oh my god, you saw that, and and uh, that you were there. She's like, yeah, I was there. And I was like, that was 2012. Oh wow! wow. <laughs> I'm like, you saw me when I was like a freaking baby, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, man. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus Christ! I was just telling my dad about how um uh how you know me mm-hmm. since I was a teenager and stuff like yeah. that, and how later it was and I thought and I was like oh my god yeah I was like that is nuts but that that was one of the things like along with the um the extra gigs that helped me learn Mm -hmm. about like the the, the behind the scenes stuff the business aspects of the business learning what a worker's permit was Mm -hmm. uh and stuff like that yeah and and then and having that mean that like I can get out of school or way mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I can just get out. Of, I can just yep. get up during the middle of class and like, be like, I'm out. <laughs> Peace out. I got to go to work. Sorry, guys. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So let me ask you one question about Superior Donuts. Did you ever watch the yeah. TV show? I did. Yeah. Oh, you did. Okay. So for, did, yeah. for me, if there's ever something that I'm a part of uh, and I get cut or um, if I am up for something right and i get mm-hmm. like to the very 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 end and they go with somebody else I, like i'm so yeah. emotionally immature that i'm just like you know what <laughs> screw this i'm never gonna watch that I'm, I'm never gonna watch this movie i'm never gonna see this show if the commercial comes on that i was like on hold for next channel i don't even care it. yeah yeah i um it's funny like I remember for a time I would definitely feel like that, especially with something like really, really big. Mm -hmm. But then I would make sure to flip it and be like, well, if anything, it just lets me know how close I am with this business. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, there's a commercial going right now um, about like a a local Illinois commercial about wearing masks and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know the guy that got the role that I auditioned for gotcha. and, and I'm so happy for him. And I look at it and I'm like, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I totally get it. Totally mm-hmm. get it. Uh, I felt the same way when, um, when I did uh Southside with you, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know if you had seen it, but I um, auditioned for one role. It was um, as uh, uh, Obama's best friend. Okay. And for that role, didn't get it. But the casting director, dad, and told me that uh, even though they went with someone else, uh, she still wanted me part of the film. Okay. So I mean, so she she cast me right then mm-hmm. and told me the role that I was going to get. So I saw so another role in the same scene. Mm-hmm. And then I see who got the role, and it's um, uh, Gerard Higgs. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, you know what? That is totally the right decision. Mm. I am not upset about this in any way. And matter of fact, I'm even happier because I've been wanting to work with him for the longest time. 
Um, I've already known them for a while at that point anyway, but never got a chance to work with them. So like that was my that was my moment. That was my chance to. Um so it, it was a even bigger win than for me in on a personal level mm. uh than anything. And uh, so yeah, so I just, you know, keep in mind of just that fact of feeling closer to the industry um, mm. when I see something going that I think, because I, I auditioned for the, the, the Superior Donuts TV show. Oh, you did? Um, okay. Like, yeah, yeah. My uh, my agent, she like, uh, like she campaigned for me. She was calling them after hours, wow. after work hours, telling them like, hey, you gotta, you gotta see him. Just got, hear him out, see, just see what he can do. He did the show already. When it was a play, he did it for a full year. Right. <laughs> for a full year. Five, like, you know, got to check him out. And they're like, okay. And they got me to audition. Um, so, yeah, the show came on. I watched it for like, I think it lasted maybe two seasons. Mm-hmm. I think it lasted maybe two seasons. Um, I think I watched it for most of the first season. And then after a while, I stopped. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it definitely felt, um, I definitely felt that connection big time, especially when our, our director for the play, Matt Miller, mm-hmm. um, uh, he, uh, stopped by the set one day to, uh, just, you know, just check it out to see how it was and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that was, that was definitely really cool. And, um, but yeah, yeah, it was, um, it's definitely, it can feel surreal to me at times seeing things especially real big stuff mm-hmm. um i auditioned for uh the force awakens oh really uh, nice yeah just for force yeah just for force awakens and it was when they couldn't tell me outright that it was for sure. that okay <laughs> that to say like i can't legally say that it's this but it, right. it's this it's, yeah okay <laughs> especially when like the next day i think like after my audition then they had like a, a an open call for extras hmm. for it as well gotcha so so it all aligned pretty much it was like oh yeah it's, it's definitely this so like i went to see that uh i auditioned for uh straight out of compton okay um and uh so i was like oh yeah i'm definitely seeing this um and uh so yeah it just like it who did you makes me who did you audition for in the force awakens uh for um the the the, the black dude i forget his name in the thing but uh, black dude oh the the, yeah. the one black role the john boyega's yeah, yeah. role finn yeah yeah no mm-hmm. kidding um finn yeah that's it finn, finn. yeah yeah that is for that one because um this scene that they had me do um, in the audition, it comes like sort of soon after uh, uh, Finn makes his uh, uh, his presence known mm-hmm. in the film, and uh, and he's aligned with uh, with Ray uh, with Ray and them. Uh, so I was like scoping out for that mm-hmm. that part, you know, like when's it coming? And then and then it came, and like some of the dialogue was changed, but uh, but it was fairly close to what I. I had done and said in the audition itself so i was like oh, okay yeah this is it yeah wow. and i'm just sitting there you know nobody nobody in in the theater knows this <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. nobody else in the theater knows this i've seen this with uh one of my best friends uh she knew um wow so 
you know, just sitting there with that like hidden secret of ours, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like these people don't know. The best of these people, they don't know what's happening right now. They don't know Dang. the moment that somebody else is having right now. <laughs> wow. And yeah, it's just it's just moments like that that makes me feel more connected with the industry because sometimes we're trying when we're trying to get to that level, whatever higher level that we like to achieve, mm. it can feel easy to fall into that imposter syndrome hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's up to us to do what we can to make sure that we don't fall into that trap. Right. Um, Cause it's a lot easier to fall into it than it is to get out when you're, when you're deep in it. Oh, for sure. Um, you and I both, yeah. You know, you and I both know people that feel that way. Oh yeah. Um, Cause it, there's so much of it that's out of our control and we tend to focus a lot on that aspect, but that's why it's up to us to make sure, especially for our mental health sake, mm-hmm. uh, to keep in mind of the stuff that we have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may not be big to some other people, but mm-hmm. that's irrelevant. It's It was important to us mm-hmm. and it was us making our mark in this industry somehow. Yeah. And keeping that in mind uh keeps that that uh you know that earworm at bay right and to having to stay appreciative mm-hmm. of our our career and lives as a whole yeah yeah it's it's tough thinking of you know ways to combat imposter syndrome you know mm-hmm. because there's there's that part of you that no matter how much success you get you still think you're unworthy and mm-hmm. you're fighting against yourself. So you sabotage yourself when you could, when you're up for our like pretty major opportunity. Oh, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve to be here. And whether that's a fear of success or just some measure of brokenness inside of you that is holding on to this self-loathing because we have, you know, tied our identity to that, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's tough to find your way out of it, but, uh, the baby steps to getting through that is absolutely being grateful for everything that has gone your way, every success that you have, you know, yeah. letting, letting each of those continue to build your confidence as a performer, as a creative, as, you know, just a person who's went out and did something that they set out to do, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. Cause like we get like, you know, we come across a lot of people that aren't in the industry. So they think that it's only in, when you call yourself an actor, it's one of two ways. You're either just as like either an extra or mm-hmm. like someone with some little bit role mm-hmm. or you're freaking a list. Yeah. You know, there's mm-hmm. no in between. And yeah but there's a very big in between for a mm-hmm. lot of people oh, most for sure. of the time for sure you know very you know, very you know very few times uh does it happen when somebody is immediately shot up to the stars mm-hmm. uh first right out the gate yeah. very few times does that happen um a lot of people don't know that mm-hmm. um or don't understand so when they so when they find out where you are, 
mm-hmm. in that in that field, some people went away. Um, will try to, you know, like uh, downplay your success and stuff like that. Yeah. That is until they actually do see you want something, whether it's right. a play or TV show or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, then then it changes. Um, yeah. And uh, luckily, I haven't really come across that personally too often. Okay. Because uh, I kind of like break That's it good. down quickly as possible and explain it to them on, you know, how it is and stuff and uh you know they understand you know quickly um so that's good because yeah i guess i really don't have time to you know have my energy or or have the energy of people like you know wanting to downplay the success that i've achieved Mm -hmm. um because i'm not on abc yeah every week right right, <laughs> you right, know right. What I'm yeah um because like we know people that are that are on tv mm-hmm. every week and to me it's just so amazing mm-hmm. to see um because it instills the fact even more so that it's possible yeah regardless of how long it takes yeah yeah regardless think- of how long it takes for me, coming to terms with the uh, idea that the it's important to find joy in the hard work because mm. hard work doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to book all the things that you go after. Yeah, right? it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to book most of them or even some of them or any of them. So find joy in yeah. the hard work and take pleasure in the work that you do so you're not. uh creating those you know milestones based on your the things that you book you know so i have to find success in my the crafting you know the 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 honing of my craft and the work that i put in that's where i find my milestones like how much better am i getting at memorizing things how much better am i getting at really connecting with moments how much better am i getting at making uh very strong decisions I have to I, yeah. let, I have to let those be my milestones so that all the times that I don't book something, I don't consider like it's technically, yes, they're failures because I failed to book. But I can, you know, take solace in the successes in the pursuit of. So I'm able yeah. to constantly say and this is something that I made the decision as soon as I started acting. It, even if I was holding a job at the time, anytime people said, hey, so what do you do? I'm an actor. That's what mm-hmm. I do. That is that is the the career. That is the life goal. That is the pursuit. I make money currently doing other things, but this is this is what I do. You know, right? So finding successes in that uh, in the pursuit, I think, is really important. You know, and that's absolutely that's what I try and tell you know all those people that think that like, oh, I want to be an actor because as soon as you become an actor, you become a movie star. You know, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> right? Slow down. Oh home. yeah. Home slice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. definitely. I, I got to break it down like, for you. The, yeah. Because then you're gonna be you're gonna be in it for a very rude awakening. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, this. this, this. Yeah. I, I've definitely known some people over the years that you know they just immediately ship off to LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I'm like I'm I I be like totally supportive of them, mm-hmm. and you know like wish them all the luck in the world, and and right. I just be like. Let's be like, I hope that they 
understand mm-hmm. what it's going to take mentally and emotionally. Yeah. Because as tough as it could be here, it's even more so over there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you're starting that, like, man, like, I mean, if they stick it out, like, that's I'd be like, man, if you stick it out and you like, you know, get some successes just from starting out over there in the hardest part, mm-hmm. uh, in the hardest area to be in, uh, in this industry, mm-hmm. then, then you're, you're going to do fine. Yeah. You're going to do fine. You're going to be one of those ones that, uh, um, that go there and stay, uh, cause you didn't feel like it broke you mm-hmm. or whatever. And, um, cause there's so many people out there yeah. that don't have the support, um, from others, from whatever they out yeah. there by them. Yeah. Doing it. Um, yeah. And hard every time to hear that. So, yeah. It's like, and so, I I, for those of you listening, a couple of weeks ago when you heard the story about, um, when you heard the story about Jean, she went out to LA and tried to make it and she lasted like a year or two and she decided to come back. So, I mean, it's, it is a real thing you know, going out to LA to chase that dream, to be that success and then getting chewed up and, you know, getting close, but sometimes things just don't work out. And so it's like, okay, now do I go back or do I have a support system here that can, you know, help sustain me while I continue this pursuit? Yeah. yeah. And and I feel the thing, the other thing that's important to know is that it's okay that if things don't end up working out, how you like to in the end when you go back mm-hmm. over there and you come back and stuff. And cause I feel that in some cases that I've, I've heard and listened to, it would make the person feel even worse when they come back. Yeah. Then they, then they really feel like a failure. Yeah. And back with the tail between like, your legs sort of thing. Yeah. Right. And it's like, they feel like, you know, they, they gave up and so willingly gave up and, mm-hmm. and it's, I feel that the narrative of it being okay to step away from it mm-hmm. uh, uh, isn't talked about enough because um, it's like, you know, it's pushed, you know, the, the narrative is pushed of, you know, you either making it or, you know, you fail, you're a failure, you're losing all that stuff. Yeah. And it's okay. You know, like, yeah, maybe, maybe sometime down the line you come back, you know, give it another shot or whatever, you know, but until then, you know, it's only, you know, you only really fail when you decide to just, you know, not really do anything, period. Uh, but until you, you know, if you decide to want to keep doing something, mm-hmm. something that makes you happy, then you're going to be okay. But if you don't do anything that makes you you happy then you know that's a whole other story um that's something i don't think that gets talked about mm-hmm. enough especially from an actor standpoint mm-hmm. yeah like as much as it is like a you know a, a talent skill thing it's a it's a it's a lot of it is a mental and emotional game too. oh yeah for sure you know for sure like doing this for over like professionally for over 13 years now uh and there honestly never has been a time where i wanted to stop um it's just as you know you go along and you get older how things go so mm-hmm. you know how the time frame of how things get taken stuff like that 
mm-hmm. and you just got to like put that out of your mind and just keep going. You know, you ask yourself, you know, like, is it something that I really want to do? If it is, and you keep going. If it's not, then it's cool. You can go and do something else. Um, this, you know, as long as you know that whatever that you're doing it makes you happy, then that's all that matters. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. You know what? This sounds like a, a good as time as any to bring this episode to a close. We got to touch yeah. on some, some pretty, some pretty, uh, you know, incredible things, uh, truth wise. And so far as the pursuit of acting as a, as a career and some of the things, uh, the unsung facets of the pursuit of this job. Um, There's a lot so, of those. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, so to reiterate, my guest today has been Preston Tate Jr. Follow him on Instagram at Preston Rama, Facebook, uh, Facebook like page, Preston Tate Jr. Official PrestonTateJr.com is his website and Twitter, Press Tate Jr. Thank you again for being here. I really appreciate yep. you. Thank you for having me, man. Yep. Appreciate it. Happy to. For Preston, I am D. See you next week with another episode of Other You. But for now, bye-bye.